It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now let's join our host, Ron Myers. Welcome, listeners. Another great show for you today on Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Evil people. We all know evil people. Evil people do what evil people do. They do evil things like take advantage of young, defenseless children. Today's guest was one of those children, a young girl who was taken advantage of by a family friend. As a teen, she found herself as a dancer in a men's club, and later she went on to become a call girl. The pain in her life was unbearable at times, and at night she often cried herself to sleep. But in the morning she got up for another day's work. Life had a toll on her, but one day she met someone who told her about God. That introduction to God put Sharon on a path to renewal, restoration, and repair. Today, she is an advocate for those who are victims of human trafficking. She is a brave person to share her story with you today. Let's meet today's guest, Sharon. Hello, Sharon. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. And again, you are very brave and I appreciate you coming on the radio today to listen or to share some uh, some painful parts of the past in your life. But you're doing well now. But let's kind of go back to the early days. Tell uh, listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, as a child, I was uh, sexually molested by a family member for about 12 years. It started at five and at 17, I realized um, this is not truly how this family member is supposed to love me. And I, it just clicked. I just, it, it just, I snapped a little bit, so to speak. So I left um, my home. Um, I got two jobs. I did finally graduate from high school and um, went working as a, a waitress and a very well-known restaurant. You were a waitress and then you get approached about dancing. Is that correct? Yes, I was uh, sharing, you know, one of the things about um, recruiters (laughs) is that they get personal information from you to kind of find out about you so that they can use that against you later. So he would come in and have breakfast every morning at this restaurant and get information. So he found out that I was needy for finances. I was single. I was 17, about to be 18, and um, offered me an evening job moonlighting. You used the term when you shared your story with me, they would recruit you and groom you. Mm-hmm. And that's what this man was. He was recruiting you, kind of having a little buddy-buddy conversation, trying to find some things about you. So you're saying so he could hold those against you so he could get you to do what he wanted to do? Or lure you into believing that life with what he was offering was better than what you have. So he offers you a job and you take it. So mm-hmm. what do you find yourself doing? Uh, dancing in a men's club. Wow. Did you not think after a couple dances and looking at those, you know, men that maybe I shouldn't do this or? Well, I actually did drink to get myself on stage. Wow. And, you know, one of the things about some, and I would have to say 85% of the women that find themselves in these positions, they've been sexually abused or raped sometime in their childhood to where this feels normal. It feels normal. How does that? Well, everybody has their own normal. 
even an, a person addicted to drugs thinks that that's normal and that they're clear-headed when actually they're not. But for a, a traumatized, sexual abused person or even a raped person, their thinking chains. It damages something. The, the trauma actually affects their brain and the way they think. Does that make sense? Wow. So were you dancing um, every single night of the week and were you making money at it? I was making mu extra money, probably dancing about three or four times a week, mostly on the weekends because that's when business was up. Wow. Now, you danced, and then it eventually led you into another chapter from dancing. You became a call girl. Well, actually, before coming a call girl, we were actually sold to some of the men that were in the club wanting a little piece of the action. Wow. So you were sold to men. So you're a, you're, you have no control of someone out there, you know, uh, a recruiter or pimp or whatever you call them, they would sell you while you're dancing and they would, you'd come off stage and they'd say, Hey, go see uh, so-and-so over here. Yeah. Well, there is a strategic plan in their uh, thinking. As I look back on how things happen, we would go sit with them. They would talk with us and then they would give the, the, you know, the, I guess a clue to the owner or whoever was in charge that night, I should say. Um, that they wanted to be with you. And so they would set up a time. The chauffeur would take you to the hotel where they were at, and then they would give you an hour, and then you came back. And at first I was so reluctant because I didn't want to be doing all this. Even though I had a past of being sexually abused, they actually put me on double dates at first to get me acclimated to what was happening. Double dates? You mean you were with another couple? Yep. Two women in the same room with two men. Wow. And so were you drinking or doing yes. drugs or anything? Yes. I, I took, uh, I think my one of my vices at that time was speed to keep myself awake so I wouldn't fall asleep because I wanted to be aware of what was happening at all times. But at the same time, to understand, to help me get through what was happening, I would drink like a half a pint of schnapps. Now, <laughs> in your story you shared with me, you said that fear kept you in this environment. How, what do you mean by that? What, what kind of fear kept you in this that you never left it? Well, fear of uh, what would happen if I didn't comply. Fear of would I make it through this. Fear of um, knowing not what to do or where to go or who would listen. Because as a child, nobody heard me. Wow. So you're just thinking that this is... Um... I don't want to say the word normal, but it's almost like normal to you another day at the office. Then, yes. Then. Yes. Wow. Now, at night, when you go home and you're all alone and you lay your head down on your pillow, what was going through Sharon's head? Why is this happening? Why can't I get away? Why can't I break away? Why, why can't I lead what I, what I saw, what looked much better normal in somebody else's world? Yeah, I think of when you're talking, I think of, uh, I don't know why, I had this little picture of the hamster that's on the little wheel in a cage, and it mm -hmm. keeps going around and around and around, but it's not going anywhere. Right. So your life, you're like a hamster on this wheel. You're mm -hmm. spinning on this wheel every day, doing the same thing, doing the same thing over and over, but nothing was changing. This had to be, again, having a toll on you. Yes. Uh, psychologically, I was already damaged. Emotionally, I was already wounded by so many people not just in my family, but now I'm being used by men and one time actually by a woman. Now, if you um, say that they, 
you said they sold you to another man. Now, if you went to this man or you saw this man and you just felt like, uh, that's a creep. I don't like this guy. Uh, could you turn him down or did you have to do whatever they told you to do? You know, I actually don't recall ever having that opportunity to turn someone down because most of the guys that came in the club were suits or decent looking guys. I think there was a few older ones that were much older than me that actually reminded me of my family member. But then one night you tell me you're dancing and Mm -hmm. you look down into the audience and you see someone that literally is beginning to scare the literal hell out of you. Uh, and mm-hmm. what, what did you see? Um, my first offender, the one who abused me as a child. Did he know you were there? No, he said he didn't. When I went, when I got off the stage, I went and sat with him. He bought a drink. And they're non-alcoholic drinks, of course. That's why you drink behind stage. <laughs> um, but I went and sat with him, and I asked him what he was doing there. And he said he had no idea that I was dancing there. And that's when you made a decision that something was going to change. Yes. There was, he was actually, when I look back now, I believe God used him as the catalyst to move me away from what was happening. It was like my open door, take it, run. Because I was a freeze person as a child. I was a runner in my late teens and 20s. What do you mean you were a runner? Okay. You know the f- the fight, flight, freeze? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was the opposite with me. It was freeze, flight, fight. Now I'm a fighter. Now you're a fighter. Mm-hmm. Today, sitting in here. Yes. Yeah. You look like a fighter. Thank a, you. A, a nice fighter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm going to take a break. Okay. And when we come back, I want to hear about this person that introduced you to God who puts you on a path to renewal, restoration, and repair. Yes. We all need encouragement. Encouragement does one of two things. It either frees us from the trouble we fear or it gives us the strength and courage to meet the trouble when it comes. If you would like to receive a weekly text message of encouragement, simply text the word INSPIRE to 51660. That's INSPIRE to 51660. Our messages will encourage, inspire, and empower you on your journey through life. Life is tough. Be encouraged. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine. I still believe you're getting married. Yeah. But will she get better? I don't know, Mom. One love can change your life. One love can change the world. I will love you, cherish you every moment of every day. I keep thinking. From Lionsgate Entertainment. One person's life is changed by what I go through. It will all be worth it. Based on an inspiring true story, I still believe. In theaters March 13th. I still believe. Welcome back, listeners. In the studio with me is Sharon. Sharon is a 
person that was involved uh, years ago in sex trafficking. She was sold uh, as a dancer. She was sold to men in the club. She was in a life that uh, it was a, a vicious cycle. She couldn't break through it. But one night dancing, she saw a victim, um, or I mean the the person that is that that that's the first offender, the first <laughs> offender, yeah, not the victim, that mm-hmm. really started you on this spiral of of chaos and and all this pain and torture in your head. And when you saw him, then you knew you were getting ready to run mm. again. 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 <laughs> and then you met someone. Who did you meet that introduced you to God? Um, I met a gentleman um, when I changed jobs, moved away, changed locations after the catalyst showed up. I actually met a man while I was cocktail waitressing in the evening and food waitressing in, a, in a, another restaurant. But he used to come into the nightclub all the time where there was bands and drinking and carrying on and stuff. And he kind of got a liking to me, and I met him, and um, eight months later, we were married, and I was introduced to his mom. And his mom was my spiritual mom, my mentor, and she was the one that got me on track with the father. Wow. Mm. So she told you about God? How, How did that happen? Well, she knew my stuff before I knew my stuff. She knew I had childhood issues. She was very much a great warrior in the intercession and... um very discerning. You could walk in her front door with anybody that walked through her front door and she knew your stuff. She was, God just used her in that way with lots of people. Um, she's with the Lord today, but she used me to teach me about the Lord, brought me to church. And I think it was about a year and a half later is when I literally had a divine intervention. Tell us about that divine intervention. Well, that divine intervention was as we were partying on a Saturday night, me and my sister-in-law, because it was shortly after I got married to this man that I found out he was a dealer. And of course, there was drugs in the house, and I'd already had my first son, and uh, we were partying. And then she left after a couple of hours of partying. And when she left, I thought she hit the trailer in which we were living in. So I went outside, and she was gone. So I'm wondering how, I thought she hit the why, why you heard a loud noise? Yeah, and the and the trailer shook. It was it was interesting. So anyway, I go back inside. The baby's crying, so I go to pick him up, and I literally heard an audible voice. Literally, I thought I was paranoid, but audibly saying, "What do you think you're doing?" And I put the baby down. I go look for the voice. Who's in here? What's going on? I'm looking through the house, and then I hear it again. What do you think you're doing? And I go back into the baby's room, flipped on the nightlight, and he was sound asleep. I head back to my master bedroom at the time, and um, I'm looking again under the beds. I'm looking everywhere. Who is in my house? I thought it was just the drugs that I had taken that night, but I heard the voice again as I sat on the end of my bed. And I and so said, I'm I'm sitting <laughs> on the edge of my seat. Who was that voice? <laughs> well, the next morning. I believe it was God because I found myself going to a church I'd never been to before. Literally, I went to a local church down by the interstate because we lived in Slidell at the time. Uh, Found myself like a magnet drawn to the invitation to meet the Lord. And then they they asked if we wanted the Holy Spirit. And I was, yes. And then we went and we prayed. I had 
the evidence of speaking in tongues briefly. And then the next Sunday, I was baptized in water. And then the next week, I literally, my sister-in-law at the time, literally came over, spread some drugs out on the table and said, here, Sharon, here's your portion. And I looked at it and I said, no, thank you. And then I knew I was divinely delivered from alcohol and drugs. And you haven't touched it since. I can't say that I haven't touched it, but for many years, 20 something years, I never touched it. I have a occasional glass of wine, but I have no desire for it. Wow. So God began a journey with you for repair, restoration, and renewal. So what is life like for Sharon today after all that in your past and now a new life with God? Well, (laughs) he's been there always, like he says in the word. He said he will never leave you or forsake you. My favorite thing is, you know, the footprints in the sand. I used to, for many, many years, go to that uh, saying about him carrying you when you only saw one set of footprints. It's my favorite. Um, Until the Lord actually did a circumcision of my heart, and then I knew, no matter what I do, he's with me. Wow. And today you're an advocate for people in uh, human trafficking. Tell us a little bit about uh, your organization. I believe it's Jubilee Haven. Correct. And exactly what uh, your role in a little bit about Jubilee Haven. Well, I'm the founder and CEO of Jubilee Havens. And I got on that path after giving my story, sharing my story with another anti-human trafficking organization. As a president of their organization, sharing my story. And in my research, I found out Mississippi doesn't have beds nor does a lot of the states around us have beds. So, What do you I, mean they have beds? Beds for when you rescue these trafficked oh, survivors. You need a place to send them. Where do you put, put them? them? Where, How yeah. do they get restoration? My restoration may come some way, but because of my walk and journey with restoration, I realized what they needed. So I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? And then he gave us Jubilee Havens. And that's... In itself, we provide safe haven for the victim survivors of human trafficking, and we partner with and collaborate with 30 other organizations between Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, and Louisiana. Someone could be listening right now that needs some direction. They may know someone in the same boat that you were in. Mm -hmm. What do they do? They can email us through our website, www.jubileehavens.com. Wow. Um, Is there any phone number? You probably can't give phone numbers, huh? Yeah, we're working on getting our own personal uh, 800 number this year. Is human trafficking is getting a lot of attention across the country now. Mm. Is it as bad as what you hear on uh, the news? And some, I would have to say 65% of the, the cases are much worse than ever I went through. And it just, it makes my skin crawl. Really? Mm hmm. Well, you're um, you're a brave person to come in and share your story Um, and all the uh, travels that you've done. And now with your organization, have you been successful? Are you rescuing people or people coming to through to your organization and 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 getting uh, restored and renewed like you did? Well, it's interesting that some people that have found out about us actually have emailed us as survivors and I've got to personally meet them, and it is amazing. Even what the Father has rescued them from, even one of them, actually, I met this past year, literally 
is getting her bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I'm like so excited. Now, <laughs> that that is that is awesome. So there is it doesn't really matter. Your your story was one of, you know, human trafficking. But other people out there, no matter what we've gone through in life, whatever a person's past is. God is a God of forgiveness yes. and restoration. Is that correct? That is correct. And he says in the word, he says, what the enemy meant for bad, he will turn around for good. Wow. When I met my mother-in-law and she introduced me to the Lord, I actually uh, prayed to the father who I didn't even have a relationship with like I do now. And I asked him to not let me for 20-something years, please don't let me run into anybody from my past, anyone. And God honored that. He honored my deep-hearted prayer because I have to say that 20 years later, now I have three children, and I come back to the coast um, literally uh, five years into my marriage, but 15 years later— then I started running into people from my past. But by this time, I have already been through seven to 10 years of counseling. The Lord has been circumcising my heart. And I've raised my babies, and they're all in high school or out of high school or in college. And I literally was able to handle it from a different perspective, like being on the other side of the fence, seeing what God had done in me. Wow. Well, you're a, you're a brave person. So, uh, well, one of the questions I always like to uh, ask people is, uh, how do you get the hell out of your life? Well, you need to meet my Jesus. Then he will help you with that process of getting the hell out of your life. Very good. Thank you for sharing again, Sharon. I know it's a deeply personal subject mm -hmm. to you, but uh, I know somebody out there was touched by your story. Your website, again, is www.jubileehavens, Havens with an S? With an S. Jubileehavens.com. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Sharon, for sharing that awesome story. Listeners, when I return, the night I had to face fear straight in the face. Stay tuned. What's your story? We're looking for stories of hope and overcoming life's struggles with God's grace. Your story validates God's love, mercy, restoration, and forgiveness. We want to help you share your story with the world. Visit our website, thepromoter.org, and click on the Share Your Story link and submit your story. Your testimony of God's amazing grace will change a person's destiny for eternity. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine. I still believe you're getting married. Yeah. But will she get better? I don't know, Mom. One love can change your life. One love can change the world. I will love you, cherish you, every moment of every day. I keep thinking. From Lionsgate Entertainment. If one person's life is changed by what I go through, it will all be worth it. Based on an inspiring true story, I still believe. In theaters March 13th. I still believe. Before my days of married life, I was a regular at dance clubs. My buddy and I, we had a contest. Who could ask the most girls to dance in one night? Well, one evening, I was making my way 
back to the bar and I was stopped by Randy. Now, Randy was a big, big biker. He got within three inches of me and said, Mr. Ron Myers Productions, you think you're so cool, don't you? You out there acting all silly. You know, I could take you outside and kill you. Wow. (laughs) This was a destiny-defining moment for me. Now, a crowd had gathered around, and what was I to do? I had no choice. I knew I had to face fear in the face. Well, the first thing I did, I said a very quiet, silent prayer. Lord, help me. And then I looked right into his eyes and said, Yes, you could. You could take me outside and kill me. You're much bigger than me. But what would that prove? That you're some big tough guy who can push people around? My buddy and I are here just having some fun. I don't want any trouble. By the way, God loves you. Now those last three words, they just came out. I thought to myself, where in the world did those words come from? Randy looked at me with his steel blue eyes, nodding his head up and down and said, can I buy you a beer? Now, my response was, why in the world would you do that? A minute ago, you wanted to beat me to a pulp. He said, no one has ever stood up to me, and I have pushed people around all my life. I have respect for you. So we sat down, had a brief conversation, and I left the place a bit shaky. Okay, that story's good on its own, but as Paul Harvey would say, let's go with the rest of the story. The rest of the story is that six months later, I received a call from his wife who told me that Randy was diagnosed with a brain tumor. He had lost close to 100 pounds and had less than six months to live. She asked if I could help put together a fundraiser for his medical bills. A few months later, Randy died and his wife told me that Randy had accepted Christ before he died. I will never know what impact, if any, I had on Randy. But it impacted me big time. That was 35 years ago. I learned that all of us will face fear in some some form in our lives. And when that happens, we have two choices. Run and miss our destiny, or look our fear straight in the face and be determined to conquer it. Those three words that rescued me will rescue you. Lord, help me. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. If anyone listening has questions about God or would like some material sent to you, please reach out to me. I would love to send you some information. My email is ron at the promoter.org. The next time you meet fear, 
face fear head on and say those three powerful words, Lord, help me. I believe that your best days are in front of you. And if you will let go and let God, you will do amazing things. Would you take a moment and check out our Facebook page, Get the Hell Out of Your Life? I would love to hear from you. Plus, you will find all of our shows there. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you that God loves you, God has a plan for you, and God will take your hurts and pain and give you peace and purpose. This is your time to discover your destiny by getting the hell out of your life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.